0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 411 on the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Totalsaddlefit.com, and Fairfield in Lexington. Today we're going to be talking to Pony Club member Michaela about her exciting experience at World Cup, and Stacey Westfall is back to talk to us about her take on the Dressage World Cup final.
2: Reese Copley Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky,
1: and this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And back after a long absence is Glenn.
0: Hey guys, good to good to talk to you again. So much. Hi,
2: we missed
3: you.
0: Well, you guys look like you had a lot of fun out there. We're going to talk about. I want to hear all about World Cup, and I saw (laughs) you met up with some listeners and had a good time out there. We did. We always have a good time. And I hung out <laughs> with Stacy Westfall the week before you hung out with Stacey Westfall.
2: Uh, I know. She she gets around. We love her. It's so much fun. And so we were teasing her. I was like, you are really becoming a member of the family, girl.
0: <laughs> she's, it was fun. She has a lot of fun, and we'll talk about that. Hey, I have a couple of announcements before we hear all about World Cup. How about that? Uh, okay, meetups Let's coming here. up. Uh, speaking of meetups, we have our usual Rolex get-togethers. And Reese, you don't know this yet. But on Friday night of Rolex, if you're coming in for Rolex, we are, which is the 28th, we are going to be going to the Gray Goose in Midway at 730. We reserve the back room. Uh, We did that at Road to the Horse. It was a lot of fun. And so we're doing a listener meetup, 730 in the evening, Friday night, uh, the 28th at the Gray Goose in Midway. They have the best gluten-free pizzas I've ever had in my life. Yes. Oh my god, it's they good do. and real pizzas too. It's good. The people and were real loving. Pizzas. Yeah, they were loving the food there, and it was. They reserved the whole back room for us, which during Rolex is hard to get. That's big. So, yeah,
2: yeah, that's big. But they, Oh, that's
0: awesome. We had 20 people at the one at, uh, were for uh, Road to the Horse, so I imagine it's going to be more than that at Rolex. The other thing is, we'll be meeting a half an hour, like we do every year, half an hour before cross country at uh, jump number one we always have a meetup at jump number one and then we kind of walk the course together for a while and then 2 o'clock that afternoon on Saturday cross country day, we'll head over to Horse Nation and Eventing Nation's tailgate, uh, one for free beer so and two, we'll be running trivia again this year for like the fourth year and we'll give a, do a trivia competition and give away a whole bunch of prizes so that's the plans right now, we'll be doing a couple shows from there thanks to Weather Beta, uh, doing uh, supporting our efforts at Rolex, we'll be doing a couple horses and the morning shows from there as well. So that's the plans coming up at Rolex. And then I have very exciting news. We just just finalized today, actually. Uh, We thought we're getting together with Horse Nation and Eventing Nation and and sponsoring the first ever Horse Lovers Cruise. You know, we kind of came up with this idea, one, because Jennifer and I like to cruise, and two, we were thinking, you know, wouldn't it be fun to just go on vacation with a whole bunch of our listeners and people who just like horses? Just get together, but not have it be a horsey vacation, have it just be fun, but you get to hang out with horse people. And, it, you know, we were thinking, February, what could we do in February that would be kind of fun? And that's where the cruise idea came up. So we're doing a horse lover's cruise. It's leaving out of Miami on February the 12th. It's a four-night. We wanted to keep it short uh, because, you know, people have to find babysitters for the horses and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it's also a good excuse for people to get out of the north and head somewhere warm in February. (laughs) Uh, We're leaving out of Miami, which for Reese, you could just drive down. Oh, I know. So close. (laughs) Uh, And then we're going the first day. We're doing several ports of call in four days, which is unusual. We're doing Nassau in the Bahamas. We're doing uh, Coco Cay Bay, which is the private island for Royal Caribbean. And then Key West, uh, and then back to Miami. So we, we have a number of stops. Should be a lot of fun. We're gonna, we're gonna see what horsey things we can arrange either in Nassau, um, or at Key West. So we're gonna see what we can figure out there. Uh, it's just gonna be fun. You know, other groups have tried the, the, horse cruise thing but they always wanted to have seminars all day and speakers and all that crap we're there to party <laughs> There's, that's I love it this <laughs> right. is my that's, kind of vacation yeah this is yes. not <laughs> seminars all day now we are going to do no one, education no pieces. No, no education. Leslie from Horse Nation, who's known to be a partier, uh, will be leading the pub crawls every night uh, because there's there's numerous pubs on ships. And and I'm sure she'll be leading the pub crawls on land at the ports, (laughs) which in Key West shouldn't be too difficult. Um, And then we are going to do one activity. Well, there'll be a meetup when we first get on the ship. But after that, we're going to do one activity. We're going to do a game show. And we're going to get a couple thousand dollars in prizes donated. And we're all going to get together and do a game show. We're going to combine a little bit of all the game shows from trivia to newlywed game. And we're just going to have a good time and give away a lot of stuff. So that's what we're planning. Just hang out with horse people. uh, Get together. It's uh, as I said on February 12th. You can go For two people, for like uh, anywhere between six and eight hundred dollars. That's not including your flights, you'll have to get to the boat. But uh, that's the boat, it's Royal Caribbean, which is very nice cruise lines. And you know, you can stay on, you don't have to go in every port, you can actually stay on the ship. We do that usually one day uh, because the boat empties out and you can have the whole place to (coughs) yourself. But yeah, so that's the scoop. That's what we got planned. There'll be more details in the next week or two. We'll have the group uh, contact for you so that you can all sign up and come have a good time with other horse people. And you know what? They can bring their spouses too, or aren't really horse people, because it's a cruise. They can go do other stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's
2: wonderful.
0: So I think it accomplishes a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's a cool idea. That's so
2: cool. I love it.
0: And hopefully some of our hosts will come. Jamie won't come because she hates boats. So uh
2: oh, I, I I love I love a party. <laughs> Bill and I are not ones to miss a party. I, I didn't Let's think so. Be real.
0: And you know what? With a port every day, pretty much you're using the ship as your hotel at night. So yeah, it's uh, wonderful. Good food and drink, things. right?
2: <laughs> so, oh, it's awesome! Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome.
0: We're actually doing Royal Caribbean for seven nights in May coming up. Uh, we're doing a seven night cruise in just in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's gonna be so fun! Jealous. Yeah, so that's the that's my announcements. Now, World Cup oh, yes. in Omaha. World
2: Cup. I know, right? You think Omaha? No way. But I it, it was great. So Phil and I both got in on Wednesday night and um easy flight, this little airport, it's fantastic. Um our, our hotel had a shuttle. We called it the cookie bus, which became our mode of transportation for a week and or the 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 time and Both Phil and I, um, you know, we were in the, in the airplane and I sat next to a gentleman who had nothing to do with horses, but knew all about the event. He knew, uh, everything that was going on and all the things that were happening. The, the town really embraced us coming, which I thought was awesome. Um, wouldn't you say Phil?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was, uh. I mean not surprising because we hear about the hospitality of the, the Midwest but it was just really nice to everything everybody that we talked to you know from the time we were on the plane was like oh we're so here you know have a nice time and you know, it was always commending things to do or places to eat or stuff to see around the city of Omaha which was really nice it sort of uh, you know had a feeling of a bigger city But it wasn't like busy. I don't know why the city wasn't busy, but you know, there's hardly any traffic. Everything was centralized right around downtown. It didn't feel like a big sprawled out problem to go anywhere. And uh, as far as the city goes, we had a wonderful experience. I would they held another World Cup. I would definitely, definitely go back. I mean, the dining, the dining experience, the restaurants. They had a lot of seafood, which was really surprising. But uh, I guess they have it flown in from. I mean, either coast, and uh, and it was awesome. The food was great, and uh, the venue was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, the venue was great. Everything was on one level, uh, which was incredibly nice for the horses. You know, they didn't have to go up and down ramps. Um, the stabling was secure. It's FEI secured stabling, so you couldn't get back to the stabling, but you could see where the horses were, and they had a private little warm up in the back. But m- most of the time, they had to do all their warm up kind of in between the spectators. So you were
3: shopping. Yeah, it was right
1: in in yeah. the middle of the trade show. Was the warm up ring, and it was uh, that was ex- that was a new experience. I haven't mm-hmm. you know seen that before because normally the warm up are private and you know um, back behind walls and doors and things, but here they really you know kind of wanted the riders to, to use that to the, from a, a before they go into the ring, or on the days that they weren't showing, they would you know bring these horses in the morning to to do their exercises and uh, and you could sit right next to the ring and watch Isabel Worth ride and watch Carl Hester ride and and see what they were doing and and how they rode. You know, not just ring riding, but, but, but and so I thought that was um, really nice. And, and I think the, the riders like, you know, kind of like that as well to, you know, to, uh, because the horses were, you know, kind of a little bit getting used to hustle bustle before they went right into the, the big stadium ring with all the people and the, and the, and the lights and the music and everything. So I thought that was a really cool, a little bit different aspect of, of Omaha.
2: Yeah. I I can agree more. And and everyone was so nice and well-trained and helped you get to your seats. And um, it was just, I think everybody had a blast. And I think uh, we were not the only people that were nervous about it. I mean, a lot of us were like, oh, Omaha, are you sure? Like, but. I think that was overwhelming for all the riders and the spectators and grooms, um, just how fun it was and, and how great the city was. And, you know, it's a, it is a, a big town, like Phil and I, the, the thing about world cup is there is actually some free time, uh, which is nice. They're only, um, I think there are 15 starts. And then there were only 13 starts, right. For the grand prix freestyle. So there's actually quite a, some free time actually so you can walk around the venue but they have a nice little art museum Uh, it's actually free to go to the art museum which was cool um and then they have a really nice zoo uh in omaha so we were able to go to the zoo so it was a really i again i am i'm with philip highly recommend it i will not have any reservations about going back to omaha for the world cup Um, yeah and,
1: and and the cool part we didn't really even think about Oh, but for, you know, the continental U.S. or a little bit Canada—it's right in the middle of the country. Like yep. nobody's going—you know—flying five, six hours to get to where you want to be. You know, uh, you know, for me to fly to Las Vegas was—that's a pretty long flight, six hours. So, yep. um, you know, it was only—I don't know—two and a half total flight time uh, to get to Omaha. That was, you know, really appreciated and really cool. So, I think their idea okay. of building up—you um, know—shows and competition. You know, kind of in the middle of the country, is is uh, is wonderful, and and I, you know, I, I didn't really think about that when when we were kind of booking it, and when I was booking flights, that were inexpensive. It yeah. was so a really great experience, and I really hope they do get awarded the World Cup again, or start. They were talking about building their own their own shows, show jumping and, and dressage. You know, um, uh, international shows that that you can go to Omaha and uh, and have a good time. I think I think everybody that was there really. Uh, if, if they weren't surprised, um, because they'd already been there, but everybody who hadn't been there, you know, was surprised with
0: us. So that was awesome. Well, Reese, let's talk a little bit about the competition. I see a newcomer won. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think, uh, yeah, not so much. <laughs> but Isabel Verde, um is the most decorating dressage athlete ever of all time. And she really, man, she, she showed everybody how it was done. Let's just put it that way. I mean, it was amazing to watch, um, to see someone like that in person. And I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times and she's just as nice in person. Uh, But you watch her ride, and I would actually tell everybody, if you have a chance, watch her Grand Prix. She did make a couple little mistakes, made a mistake in the two-time changes. Um, But to watch Isabel Verrett ride that freestyle, she doesn't leave a point not on the table. Right, Phil?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, Weigel, not maybe the most spectacular horse. Yep. But you can see that the correctness of the training – and the, the precision of the riding is all there. And that's, you know, where she makes up the points. So, I mean, it's a very nice horse and it's a very nice mover. But um, I think, you know, even one of the judges commented that, you know, maybe uh, verdatis who plays second with Laura Graves, which we all love. And we, you know, had her on the show and all that. I mean, he is a spectacular mover and he mm. can really, you know, lift his legs and really impress you with his... Uh, with his passage and his extended trot and his flying. I mean, he does everything really well, Um, but he gets a little hot, especially in the indoor environment. And he he makes little mistakes and, and the the riding is not quite as precise. And then Isabel just, you know, comes in and the whole, the whole test just flows flows together. You can see that there's, you know, it just, uh, especially the freestyle It's designed in such a way that it does that. And it is really, um, you know, as a rider can, it just really, really wild in that way, and and uh, I mean it was a spectacular competition. The top three horses, uh, you know, Carl Hester rode Niptuck, and who is a, a very nice horse, but you know it's a little bit challenged conformationally. I think you know he will say that himself. But uh, he was really on too. I think the you know the top five horses were really on and really fighting for that World Cup. So uh, as a spectator, it was uh, amazing because you know as each horse came in, you Wow, that was great! You know, what is the next rider going to do? What is the next rider going to do? And and uh, it made for uh, a competition that just kind of flew by. You know, there was what two and a half hours of of tests, and it felt like fifteen minutes. I just really enjoyed it, and really enjoyed the riding. And I really, um, not always do the Europeans bring their top horses to America for the World Cup. Sometimes they'll bring their second qualified horse. And here we saw uh, Isabel you know bring her best horse the one that she leads the world in and uh it was awesome to see and it
0: ended up on a 90 something just yes yeah, yeah, yes. yeah just i mean it was 90 something yeah, yeah.
2: It, it, oh, it's, it's worth mark. it is worth yeah it's worth watching if you get a chance you know just to just to go out there and see and and watch but it's true i mean all all top three of those horses were spectacular to ride and i mean to watch i would love to ride any of them i'm just saying
3: <laughs> uh,
2: but uh you know it really was cool to see and in each strategy carl hester even said you know um nick Nip Tuck has a tendency to be a little bit um, tricky in the Grand Prix, and he even said, "Like I wrote a really conservative test and felt like that was important for him to get a good run through and and to do." And um, you know, Laura Graves, I, you know, she even said it in the press conference. She was a little bit disappointed that she didn't win, as we all are. We're all we all want to win, but she she said that she was very very pleased with her horse, and and you know, that's not something our American horses don't go to venues like that um in europe they go to indoors all the time but they don't do that in the united yeah, states well, the, whole, the
1: whole world Cup mm-hmm. circuit is indoors in, in europe in the winter so i mean the, the, their horses have much more experience with the whole environment and uh you know that's just a, kind of a fact of life right
3: right um,
1: i don't think that they that the americans will be you know, going over during the winter to, to, because yeah. they got such a great circuit, and you know, in uh, Florida or, and in California. So, yeah, yeah. And then they spend their summers in Europe, where all the shows are outdoors. Um, so it's a little bit of a different, you know, different animal—the the indoor circuit and the World Cup—and um, it's it's nice to see. I you know, I kind of like that the you know the placings are based on the freestyle only. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, they they can go into the with, into the Grand Prix with the a little bit of a different strategy, not trying to push the horses for everything that got and, and needing the points in the in the uh, in the Grand Prix to count towards the end. They, they just uh, all all the riders really plan for and make it all about the freestyle, which is you know for a spectator you know, the most exciting part of our sport. So I think that's uh, that's kind of an interesting aspect, and it's uh, it's cool to see because uh, I think we see a few uh, a few of the riders, not just you know the top ones, but you know, a few of the riders make mistakes in the Grand Prix, but when they came into their freestyles, everybody mm-hmm. knew what it was about and laid down. You know, really great freestyles, and you know the music and everything. You know, really came together for all the riders. So we saw, you know, um, from one to thirteen nice freestyles, and it was a pleasure to watch.
0: Very cool. Now, did you get to watch any of the jumping?
3: We did not actually. <laughs> no, no you okay.
0: did. I, I saw some. I went. To, I
1: went uh, on the final day to to oh, the day. finals. Um, my my plane was leaving as they were doing the the second round, and and so all I I heard on the plane because somebody was watching it on their phone or something that uh, you know the the McLean Ward
0: win. He did five um, rounds clear. It's amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. Well. Yeah, he is incredible. Well, that's yeah. cool. I'm so glad you guys had got to do it and had some fun doing it, and, uh, uh, and that it was a good venue too
2: absolutely it was great probably
0: didn't lose as much money as you do when you go to vegas
2: Uh, true that's very true (laughs)
0: didn't make any either though oh that's true
2: didn't didn't yeah yeah true well right after this commercial break from kentucky performance products we're coming back with our wonderful friend of the show stacy westfall
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, everybody, we are so very happy to have Stacy Westfall. Stacy is uh, the extraordinaire rider, freestyle bridalist. She's amazing. And she has been on the show before because she is really is working. I don't know how to say it, stacy on on a new <laughs> discipline, learning something new and she is really she's geeking out with us with dressage and I love it. So Stacy, welcome to the show again. Oh, thanks for having me. and uh, thanks for the lesson today. I know really we great. had we had an awesome lesson today. We all came back <laughs> from the World Cup so so inspired and when you you spend that time and you're able to, you know, talk with horse people and hang out, we all know that that is the best thing you can do. But Stacy, so it's really interesting you you called me or te- texted me a couple months ago and said, "Hey, Do you want to go to Omaha? And I'm like, well, I'm actually already going. you want to go hang out? And so that was it. And so the Omaha trip was born. And uh, we also had another friend, Jessica Lyons, came with us. And uh, we just had several days of watching sort of the best, you know, riders, dressage riders in the world. But what was it like? I mean, Stacey, you have an unbelievable amount of followers in the horse world. You're incredibly popular. What, half a million followers?
5: You have a lot of followers. 400.
2: Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of followers, but you got to go and. Be a spectator. Oh,
0: the, let what me. Was, let, I don't think oh. they appreciate this, Stacy. The <laughs> the day before she flew out to see you guys, she was with me, and we were at Road to the Horse. Stacy Westfall cannot go to the bathroom at Road to the Horse without having thirty teenage girls around her. She just <laughs> uh, she can't do anything at Road to the Horse. She can't go anywhere. She has two hundred people lined up for autographs. Which I thought I thought that the competitors were probably pissed at you actually because you know everybody's lined up to get Stacy's autographed. And so it must have been interesting then to head to a place immediately after Road to the Horse, where there's 8,000 people that love you and know you and will not let you alone, to go to to World Cup.
3: It was really fun. Yeah, where nobody (laughs) loves you. (laughs) Just kidding. kidding.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she knows I'm kidding.
3: You
5: have a a a horn on your saddle, don't you? That's
0: That's funny.
5: Yeah, it was it was really it was it was very enjoyable because every every year I set goals, and one of my goals this year was to go to a couple different educational venues, and so I managed to decide to to fit this World Cup into my educational venue. Which that's gonna be one of the pieces. It really turned out to be a very educational trip. But from an enjoyment standpoint, we stayed at the Double Tree and had cookies morning, noon and night. And <laughs> no, no, ate more. <laughs> yeah, maybe more. And and watch world class horses and riders. Uh, I I just really doesn't get much
2: better than that. It's so true. So tell us, I mean, a little bit, let's, it will start with the Grand Prix day. Uh, what happened when you, you kind of watched the Grand Prix and got to see these horses for the first time?
5: Yes. Yeah, so up until that point, I'd seen horses like that on TV or YouTube. And it just like you, I've experienced in other places when you see it and feel the energy in the room and you're there, it's just a different feeling. And the level of I don't know why it would seem, you'd seem you'd think that watching YouTube where they're zoomed in th- this level of detail, but there's just something about feeling it and being there that's different. And what I really liked about the first day was, I believe you texted me and said, there's a commentary. And because up until that point, I was a little bit lost. And, you know, I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is really nice. But when you don't know what you're looking at, Because I, I can tell a nice horse and I can tell the basics, but the details are where in any discipline, the details are where it's at and trying to digest that much. When you told me that there was a commentary on the app that they had built for the world cup, as soon as I turned that on, that thing was worth the price of admission plus 10 because to have him talking through every ride and and his name was Axel, is that correct? Yes, yes that's Schreiner.
3: right.
5: Yep is Axel center, yeah. And he <laughs> was amazing at tell you know this is what this is what's happening the rider this is what you know this was uh, amazing movement but you know this next horse was really straight the whole you know the, the detail of and really for me what he kept emphasizing was the straightness the steadiness and and that made that stand out because it was easy for me to see some of the big movement and then lose some of the other details that I wasn't trained to look for. Mm -hmm.
3: You
2: know, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's really nice to get a perspective of somebody who hasn't, you know, and I've been to quite a few of these things and, and Reese sees all these horses. Well, not all of them, but a bunch of these horses in Florida. And, uh, and so it's cool to get a, you know, a different perspective, you know, for me, I actually, I started with the commentary and then I turn it off because yes. I really enjoy just, you know, kind of sitting and thinking about each movement as it happens and, you know, my own sort of thoughts and perspective on it. And so,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I've listened to commentaries before, but this one I just, you know, just the where we were sitting and, and how I was looking at things, I was really just... Uh, Enjoying it as it happened. And and sometimes, you know, as the top riders came in, you just have to uh, enjoy it for what it is a little bit and just say, you know, how each thing sort of comes together and how it all looks as, you know, a total right, picture right. instead of really kind of picking apart the the little pieces. So I think that's, for me, what you can tell from, you know, from a, great, a good ride to a great ride is like a good ride, you know, gets, um, you know, you can see those little mistakes and there's a little problems, like a great ride, the little mistakes and little problems, they happen because nobody rides 100% a perfect ride. They happen, but then the next thing is just right on point again, right? And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, sort of, um, it just all, all kind of flows together. So that, that's why I, I really enjoyed from the rides, uh, especially you know the grand prix because the test is always the same you kind of know what's coming right up so you kind of go oh mm-hmm. and now she's preparing to go into her half pass and now and now you know he's he's uh, preparing to do the p half right there and so um, that's why I like about the grand prix you know what's coming up and so you can see the riders start to prepare for for the next movement and as a rider you can sort of start to learn from those little nuances of of, of what happens and what goes around
5: yeah i did notice that after we've gone through several of the tests because at that point I was starting to see the pattern and, and then I was able to see what you're saying. And then it's interesting to hear you say that because I have that experience kind of over in my world of reigning where I'm to the point, and I'm going to guess it's almost an education level where I feel more entry in the, in the understanding of what I'm watching in dressage. So I, I still really crave that input from people who know And it helps me to bounce my ideas around. But in my industry where I'm an expert, I experience more of what you were saying about kind of stepping back and getting that big picture and not being as consumed with the details. So it's interesting to have that perspective, but in two different worlds. I feel like I'm on one end of the scale in one world and and I'm not in the other. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, well, I thought it was a wonderful, I I listened to the commentary, I liked it. And and I had actually one ear in and one ear, I was sitting next to Philip, so we would chat about things. Um, But no, I think it was such a neat thing. And that was also one of the they were very good about sort of telling you where to go and there was a great app that would, um, that was always updating you. And, and that was nice, but, you know, to be able to have access to someone like Axel Steiner and kind of, I like the judge's perspective, you know, I'm not a judge. So to hear kind of what they're seeing and that kind of stuff, I thought it was, it was a good, a good experience, Um, you know, and and then to watch the Grand Prix, you can see sort of, you know, why Isabel Varence Piaf is that much better. Than mm-hmm. the gentleman from Brazil, you know, it, which was good. And all the riders were there, you know, deserved to be there on their own right. Um, but even in the group of 15 horses that were there, you know, you end up, uh, you can see the difference and you think, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, these are all top horses. But then, you know, you can see breeds and body types and, and that's, what's nice. And it's not an overwhelming number of horses that, that come in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, one of the things we talked about a little bit earlier in the show, but, you know, Isabel Vert made a mistake in her two-time changes. And she said later on in the press conference, you know, how, you know, she said, I started my twos, I felt secure and I quit riding and it was completely my fault. And I think it's always kind of rewarding in a way or no, not rewarding, but you good to hear that even the most decorated athlete on history can still make mistakes on you know she's uh, god knows how many two times she's ridden in her lifetime (laughs) (laughs) you know but uh so that was it was nice to hear i
3: think
1: yeah i think that's interesting because um you know uh, as a spectator you think okay this horse is just super trained i mean the the rider can just sit there and they're going to do the grand prix you know because they know that test and they just you know come in and 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 you think, okay, well, a horse of that training should just get on that line of twos and just do them all, right? Right. Is the rider doing anything at all that you sometimes ask yourself? But there that's just a perfect example. Like everybody's got to ride the whole test, you know, from start to finish. And if you aren't on point and, and you aren't focused and, and you aren't telling the horse what to do, um, there will be mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sort of vindicating because, you know, I always feel like when I go on a test, oh I'm doing so much and the best riders are, are not doing it yeah
3: anything exactly all, but I, I think that's
1: I, the, the art of it and and we've all got to be giving the cues and, yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. so stacy moving on to sort of friday y- isabel vert did an amazing demonstration uh, tell us what were some things that you thought about for that it was about an hour which was not enough time uh but that's what she had and she had three horses uh uh a young horse, a uh, five-year-old,
3: five-year-old, a seven-year-old,
2: yeah. old, a f- seven-year-old, right? And then a coming yeah. Grand Prix horse, an eight- or nine-year-old horse. So, Stacey, what did you like during that that hour? What were some things that you got out of that?
5: It's actually uh, the same theme that you guys were just going on about watching. And, you know, if you if you watch somebody showing and you see them make a mistake, when we take people to shows, and you go to we we have the same stuff where you'll go to the top level and you'll see somebody make a mistake, and the people that were, are at the show with us, the entry level riders are like, "Wow, what do you mean they make mistakes?" And they're like, "Well, they're human. Mistakes happen." And there's almost a relief for uh, you can identify with that. So the interesting thing about watching Isabel's clinic was that the horses weren't perfect because they weren't in there to be they weren't trying to ride a test and so you were you were watching her work through the different horses and so then you weren't just watching there's a benefit to watching them take the test but there's a benefit to watching the training and that was what I thought being different there so you know you saw the body types because correct me if i'm wrong but the like the, young, like the younger horse the 5 year old i think it was his body type just struck me as being different than like the, the, Mm -hmm. the higher level one. And so it gave, and you're having that in the test when you're watching it, but watching the training and the strength and the balance and the way they move and then just hearing her talk through what she's telling them to do. And then something I'm fascinated with, but haven't gotten to is I want to see more of the, of the training versus I know there's a difference between riding a test and training, and that was one of the first times I've seen training, that side of it, because I can mm-hmm. turn on YouTube and watch tests, but, you know, I want to see the training and that was what I really enjoyed. Yeah. No, it
2: was great. It was really cool to see. Yeah, and then- what,
1: Yeah. I was just going to say what came across in her, her lessons was, um, you know, really the preciseness of how to deal with the issues you know so she was uh, i think a theme through the the three horses was um a shoulder in position right and and she really talked about you know the the right amount of angle. she didn't say it's 45 degrees or it's 20 degrees or 30 degrees she just you know sort of it came across that she, you know sometimes it's too much and sometimes it's not enough. You you know each horse had sort of a different angle that they were expected to make, but really to bend through the body and ride correct shoulder in to help with the overall balance, and then you know the transitions between you know maybe a big trot or a small trot or riding shoulder in um, as you're making a little half pass, and really controlling you know the the four pieces of the horse you know and, and the neck and then and the head a little bit you know that that you know it's not just really guesswork that you're trying to do something it's this is how it's done and and that's where that's where you want to ride you know every day and and you know not just throughout a lesson but this is a position that helps the horse to do its job better for you and will build strength balance and and all of those gymnastic qualities so that was that's what i took away from that uh, short demo Mm yeah
2: yeah Oh, I love it. So uh, going into the big dance, literally on, on Saturday, what did you, what did you think about that in person, seeing those freestyles? Oh, it was, it was, it was, was, yes. For all dressage geeks, it was awesome.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah, the scores, but just again, that it was because of the whole, the event as a whole, and then the, order was Isabel drawing at the end, but the music and I mean, in my world, I love freestyle reigning. I love everything to do with the freestyle. I you know, when Laura came around and I don't even have words for her, but the way where how she came around and did what she was doing twos and then went to ones or ones and then went to but the the way she laid out the pattern that was like completely different than anything else I'd seen. It's just the creativity that's there, but the energy in the room and yeah, it was just it was that one I did more just sitting back and and being in awe of the horses because mm-hmm. you know I had I did the one ear in and and the rest out and was like I'm gonna purely enjoy this and and live it and pick up something
3: <laughs> yeah
2: oh way, yeah it was a moment to be there yeah. I would agree with that. Even, you know, it's just, just to watch that and, and just to see those horses and how they're prepared and, and how they know and, and, the, and how, you know, they can highlight in the freestyle that it's the point obviously is to highlight, you know, what is your horse good at and, and to see what mm-hmm. the riders think the horses are good at. And to, to do that is, and, and that can go badly too. You know, there was one horse that was Good in pirouettes however they just I felt like the whole test was a pirouette they kept doing it and it was like okay Mm -hmm. yours is good at that yeah it's too much you know so that was a good example for me on on like what is too much which which Mm -hmm. that was too much um but it was it was just just an awe and you know it was it was fun and it was you know it, you you just thoroughly enjoyed it was super fun to watch you know because uh, Philip and I weren't um, si- you know si- si- sitting with Stacy and Jessica but we would get together for dinner and it was all fun to kind of hear your take and what it was like to watch something new and and it was it was really fun to see it through your eyes, Stacy and and I hope other people got that same experience to be exposed to those type of horses and riding, uh, was, was fun. Well, Stacy, how can we find you online? If our listeners have any questions for you? Oh, we can, you can go to
5: westfallhorsemanship.com and, and you can send me an email from there or I'm on Facebook, Stacy Westfall.
2: Well, that was such a fun interview with Stacey and we really did have a great time. So right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with some other friends we met at our listener meetup, uh, Deborah and Michaela, to talk about their experience also at the World Cup.
0: Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield and in Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today.
2: Well, as you guys saw, we had such a wonderful time, Philip and I, in Omaha. And we are always meeting new friends. And uh, Deborah and Michaela Fry came to our listener meetup. And Michaela actually rode, or Stephen Peter rode her horse in the Pony Club mounted games at the end of the show, right? So Michaela and Deborah, welcome to the program. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Well, we are so happy you guys are here. And Michaela, how old are you? Eleven. 11, and she is quite the rider. But, Deborah, tell us a little bit about kind of what you guys were doing there and a little bit about where you guys are from and all that good stuff.
6: Well, we live in Shawnee, Kansas, and we had actually originally just planned to go up for, you know, Friday, Saturday just to see some show jumping and dressage, and thought that'd be really cool, you know, great opportunity to see some of these top writers. And then uh, about two weeks before we went up, um, our pony club was looking for another games pony, basically, to do the celebrity ride. So they asked Michaela if she would want to ride to do a demonstration Sunday morning and then let a celebrity ride her horse Saturday night. So a little bit more extra effort <laughs> to bring a pony club and get through all the FEI secure areas. Um,
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah.
6: we eventually got through to get him installed there, and he was in like the the exhibit hall, basically for the horses and stuff, so all the public could walk by and check out your horse and meet you and and visit with different people and and see all the different ponies that were competing there. So,
2: and how many ponies were competing overall?
6: Well, I think there was at least eight of them there, maybe 10 at times. Um, so, because there was different demonstrations, I think different kids were doing it earlier in the week. Um, and we're with the uh, Mill Creek Pony Club in Shawnee, but there was a Cornhusker Pony Club brought in quite a few, Mission Valley. So there was a bunch of different clubs that brought in their ponies to just take part in the games.
2: That is so cool. And so, Michaela, what was it like to take your pony and be there with all of those FBI horses?
3: It was pretty cool. I'm uh, very excited. <laughs> a little oh, nervous.
2: <laughs> I bet that's normal. I would be nervous too.
1: <laughs> so, guys, uh, tell me a little bit about how you got started into Pony Club and and what you like about it.
6: Um, probably started with the games, didn't it? I mean, yeah. the first thing you did was they had a Halloween party at the farm we board at, basically, and invited. Kayla to come join the games and try it out there, and they had a lot of food, and that's always made it in the good prizes,
2: right?
3: It's <laughs> yeah. always the
2: way to go. <laughs> Philip would come for that. Any food, <laughs> Philip would be there. He'd sniff it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was
6: so a my- good way too to meet different kids at the you know that were riding at the barn too on different levels. And then yeah, I think after that we were basically hooked and signed up. And one of her first big rallies she did was a games rally, and it was you know the older kids really helped the younger kids go through it and. At that time her pony wasn't always the best behaved, so they would help guide the pony around or just make sure everybody had a good time and was successful. And I think that to me that's one of the biggest things I like about Pony Club is that it's such a mix of ages working together and helping each other figure it out.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So Michaela, how how old were you when you started riding?
6: <laughs> mm-hmm. Since before you were born, probably. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Okay, so I like
1: were, Deb, were you into were you into the horses previously, and how did the family get yeah. started then?
6: Um, uh, I basically grew up always wanting a horse, and my family really couldn't afford it, so I went to school, became an engineer so I could actually afford my hobby then and um, so yeah, I've been I actually started with a pony club kid, actually giving me lessons to start riding too, so I guess it's a small world here.
2: <laughs> that is so cool. So what was it like, Michaela, to meet Stefan Peters? It was much better than I thought it would
0: be.
3: <laughs> really? What would, What? do you yeah. mean by that?
0: Well, <laughs> I don't know. I just got to actually like talk with him more, almost like the behind, behind the scenes. Yeah. He's
3: and a pretty nice guy,
1: guy, guy, I think. Like? Yeah. He's
2: a pretty yeah. nice guy. What did you guys talk about? Can you tell us? We didn't talk too much, but I did warn him that my pony doesn't have his right lead. Oh, and he looked like he was kind of training your pony a little, was he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had the, he had your pony. What is your pony's name? George. George was uh, on the bit when Stefan was on him, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen
6: George do that before. That was amazing. Uh- <laughs> Push him actually into the bit, and he curved under. It's like holy cow! He's working off his hind end.
3: Yeah, I think you know
2: it's not ever bad to have a you know Olympic medalist on your pony for sure. Training yeah.
3: session.
2: I know. So tell us a little bit about George.
0: George is ten years old. He's a Welsh cross. We got him in September. He's been doing games for a long time with Pony Club kids.
6: Uh-huh. They basically saved him from like a kill pin almost. Um, so he was he was on his last truck ride there when they got him, and he's only been trained on games, which is why they really weren't worried about his right lead canner when we got him. So. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I think I I saw Stefan canner. Did he get the right lead?
6: He probably got it. He will do it once in a while. It's just hard to keep him holding it. So
2: yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. in there. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was so. Tell us a little bit about. We're talking about the event, but we need to tell all the listeners what what happened. What were what are we talking about?
6: Well, they, basically, what Pony Club put together was a celebrity games competition. It was held after the the show jumping show on Saturday night, and what they did was they reached out to old Pony Club alumni. So um, the writers um, were, uh, you know, Stefan Peters, Casey Perry Glass, Judy Reynolds, and Sabine Shitkary. They all used to be pony club kids. Um and so they basically reached out to them after they would, you know, do this fun competition. Um and they they all they were, they were the ones that agreed to it and it was, you know, they they would come back, you know, in the kind of the smaller demo arena, got to know their ponies a little bit. Um, you know, I loved Casey Perry Last. She was she never the grin never left her face. Once she get mounted her pony, she's like, I haven't mounted from the ground in I don't know how long <laughs>
3: every,
6: every photo we have of her, she has a big grin on her face. Um You know, and Judy Reynolds, it was neat because her father was there from Ireland. You know, and I got to visit with him a little bit about, you know, how did she get started in Pony Club? And he talked about her doing the fox hunting and she loved to do the side saddle jumping and those type of things first. She was late getting into dressage. So, I mean, it was kind of, you know, a lot of the family members were back there, too, um, watching them warm up and do this. And then I think you, know, you were at the arena. I mean, it it got crazy there at the arena. Yeah.
1: They got uh, pretty competitive, actually, for a uh, quote-unquote fun event, right?
2: Yes, it was very competitive. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah, I was shocked at how many people hung around to watch this little fun show there. And, and I was kind of wondering, because they'd only planned three games. Of course, after that was done, everybody wanted more. And I thought it was cool everybody yelled for another one. and then I don't know. It got a little bit crazy at the end there when they started racing around. No,
3: the they started. They, they started
6: doing a
1: laps. <laughs> so it's a yeah, star- race. They forgot about the games at the end. I think <laughs> that
2: got <laughs> a little they lost hot. control. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really fun. So, Michaela, what's your plan now with with George? What's what's your what are you doing next?
0: Well, I'm trying to get him to be better at dressage right now, and nice. maybe a little better of a jumper.
2: <laughs> I love it. I know you should stay in touch with Stefan. I think you've got a pretty good coach there. Maha, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So thank you both so much. Michaela, stay in touch with us, girl. We want to hear what's happening with you and George.
0: Thanks, bye. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief Girth at totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, Stacy, Philip, and I are thrilled that you stayed on for the Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. And we actually have a listener question uh, from Ruth, who is awesome. She came to our listener meetup and she sent me a Facebook message asking sort of there were a lot of demonstrations on natural horsemanship and Tristan Tucker uh, was there and did some demonstrations and uh, Kip and Missy Flaglin were there and, and you really watched those. And I wanted your perspective on sort of the natural horsemanship that they were doing and and how can it help dressage horses? That was Ruth's question. So I'm going to turn it over to you. (laughs) Oh,
5: very good. Actually, one of my Snapchats was a picture of You know, I just thought it was so amazing that, you know, on the ticket it had dressage, natural horsemanship. And I just love that, you know, people are embracing the idea of just learning and not being afraid of certain words like, you know, natural horsemanship or or the different things and and just kind of embracing the idea that there's many ways to look at, at learning and training the horses. And when I was watching both, which, by the way, Tristan, didn't he come in as an alter name the night before? That was
2: so funny. He did, he did. If Brett anybody, Kidding. If anybody has Brett. a chance to watch Brett Kidding on YouTube, uh, uh, it's pretty funny. It's it's worth it. watching. Yeah, do it. We were oh, watching it in the hotel it. room and dying laughing. <laughs> so, it was so,
5: yes. so good. And so then to have him, he did that demonstration and had have, have him come in and do his hour-long talk was was really, really great because the points that were made across the board, the way that I would basically interpret them were that we have the opportunity when we're doing groundwork to teach the horses a, a lot of language that, that at least some of the language and all of the theory can be translated up onto their back so we can teach these horses different things. And so the one that really stuck out was teaching the horse emotional control is the way that I would phrase it. And some people would say desensitizing or, you know, getting the horse more balanced so it's not overreactive. At the same time, you don't want it underreactive because you would like to be able to call up energy when you want it. And yet at the same time, you know, I, I took some pictures of, you know, he's, he's using a flag and flag, like literally the flag from his country and he's waving it all around and he put another rider on his horse and he's having them ride it over a tarp and ride it through umbrellas and he's whipping loudly around it. And the takeaway for me is that if you sit and watch a demonstration where somebody can have a horse standing quietly, it was his horse was ground tied and he's whipping and making these loud noises and, whipping flags around and doing all these odd things. And the horse is standing there quietly. When I look at that, what I look at is I see a horse that's looking at the rider and is looking past the scary things. So it's not about the whip or the flag or the umbrella or the tarp. It's the fact that the horse is looking at the rider and saying, I'm reading your body language. And right now there's all kinds of crazy energy, but I'm looking to you to tell me whether or not I should move or not. And that is the theory that if you can teach the horse on the ground, that horse can carry it up onto their back. So then as the rider, when things get crazy and stuff starts blowing around and weird things are happening, if your rider will, if your horse will check back in with the rider and say, rider, there's a bunch of crazy stuff happening here. What do you think we should do? Then you've got it. And I think that's the piece of natural horsemanship they can go across disciplines.
2: Yeah, that makes total sense. So, I mean, tell us what's a good way to start. I mean, when you say that, um, I, I don't know where would I start with my horse. I
1: don't even know where I would start.
0: <laughs> I recommend. No. Uh, I recommend firecrackers. Uh, <laughs> perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. for that.
1: Race. I thought. I thought I'd just pull out a gun or. something. Yeah, like
0: that. <laughs> that's good too. That'll work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, um,
5: <laughs> if you do any of these methods, I would love it if you start the video camera first. <laughs> yes. So, if you're going to pull out the firecracker yeah. or the gun, uh, just I recommend highly that you get somebody behind the video camera first, yep. mm-hmm. and then yep. we can talk about that in the next episode. Uh, I love it. I love it. Good be idea. It from, <laughs>
3: the <hospital.
5: laughs> the, from the hospital. From I the hospital. I love it. But the way that the way that I recommend it is when you're first trying to get the idea in your own brain, because really if you don't own in your own mind how this is going to work, you are not going to successfully transfer it to your horse. So that's typically why we don't want you to start with like really big, crazy things, because you got to really own it in your own mind to be able to teach it to the horse. So an easier example would be if you're leading your horse around and let's just say you're out hand walking the horse. So there's basically two ways that I break it down when we're talking about training and a lot of things that we do in training for are either rhythmic. So we use a lot of rhythm because the horses, when you do something with rhythm, they can see it, understand it. They get a chance to process it. So, um, rhythm is one thing we talk about and random is the opposite of that. And so, for example, if you're leading your horse around, and, you know, you're walking with a nice, quiet rhythm. A lot of times the horse is and You can appreciate that if you jump or startle, that a lot of times the horse is like, ah, <laughs> what, what, you know, what's going on? So there's a difference between rhythm and random. And so a lot of times when we're teaching the horse, the what like a baseline of being, we use rhythm. So for example, I would walk along and I'd be out walking the horse and maybe I would just start, maybe I've got a 15 foot long, you know, lead line rope on the horse. And I just start swinging the end of that rope, but I'm walking away from the horse. I'm leading the horse and just me bringing that little bit of energy of swinging it in a rhythm, just swing, even just a foot of it. Like if one foot in your left hand, you're leading the horse and, and you're just kind of swinging it. some horses, just swinging that is enough to make them back away from you a little bit more. They're like, I don't know what to do with that much energy. So you have to find some low level, but rhythmic type of a thing that you can do. And you you do, you swing it just a little bit and the horse goes, I'm not sure what to do, but he's still following you. And then you quit doing it and they go, well, that was odd, but I made it and I'm okay. (laughs) And you keep repeating that over and over again until the horse is like, my human is special. And you just have to get along with the fact that she twiddles things and it's a little odd. I like
3: that and, perspective. Yeah, that's yes. a great way of yes. putting it.
5: And so, and if, if you can get that in your mind, so you're going to, and then you slowly build. So my horses are to the point where I can be leading them along. And if I, you know, pretend to trip or if I jump or do something, they're just, they really, mine are like, my, my person needs help. Like my person's really lost it, but it's a slow building process of, so You know, I, but I use this rhythm of just, you know, maybe it's just tapping your leg, clapping on your leg, you know, but something low enough that you can repeat it long enough that the horse can think about it, but not so big that the horse just goes, I got to leave because that's where, sorry, but the firecrackers and the guns, they tend to have more of a just leave. And so if we can start with something lower and what I call it is we're teaching that horse a theory, the theory that. Hey, she's going to be twiddling something and the energy level is going to get a little bit higher, but then it's going to go away and I don't really need to do anything with it. And that's where I'd begin. I love it.
1: Yeah. That's well, great- I mean, Stacey, that totally makes sense. You know, cross discipline wise, you know, it takes us seven or more years to train a Grand Prix horse. It's not surprising that I can't just shoot off a gun on the back of my horse in one day. can <laughs> <so. Dang it. laughs> I don't know no, i going to get expected. a video. Of that. <laughs> you
0: can. You can, you can get, do everything once. i was going to get a video. Yeah. yeah. i was yeah. going to get a video of
2: anything
1: that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that makes sense to me that you have to, you know, train everything from a from a baseline and then build on it. That's how horses work, so. I'll
0: tell you um, somebody who's really good at that and I want to give her a shout out and uh, because this happened the week before you went to World Cup, we were at Road to the Horse where they do train horses over a 3-day period of time. And Vicki Wilson came up from New Zealand, who's part of the Wilson Sister Gang. um, We've interviewed uh, several of them before, and they're very, very popular in New Zealand. They're jumper riders. They have a very popular TV show down there, mainstream TV. And she just wowed the audience, and she really is the true horsewoman that and brought an English perspective first time. Well, only a second time a woman's ever won road to the horse, Stacy being the first. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> as, and then an English rider, first time an English rider's ever competed, let alone win. But she had the audience wrapped around her, her broken shoulder, her dislocated shoulder, which she did on day one and then continued to compete. But I just wanted to give Vicki Wilson a shout out because she deserved it after that.
5: Oh yeah, she did. It was, it was, an amazing performance and if you didn't see it live you got to see it on the replay when the DVD comes out it or however it gets released it was really an event to watch
0: it really was and and you know it is amazing yeah i recommend anybody and and Reese I know we got to get you there one of these days i recommend anybody that is into into training horses, you have to see this event because it is truly incredible what these horses will do for people in a short yeah. period of time. It is, it, even a non-horse person like me watches this, you know, a non-trainer like me, I like, can't say I'm a non-horse person. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah you're in it now. Even, yeah. even a tra- non-trainer like me can watch that over three days and you see the personalities come out and you see the training styles and it's just fascinating to watch. It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's taken the other end of what you guys watched, right? It's taken it from the beginning you know yeah and so. it was
2: it, yeah it, but it was you know it was nice that they they did that in Omaha and Tristan Tucker uh if you have a chance also I mean Stacey you watch him and 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 seem to like a lot of the things that he was doing he's a really interesting guy and fun to watch and
1: he's and, hilarious yeah
2: and he's hilarious he's cool. but it, it, his training I mean he he's 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 doing doing the thing but uh the Brent kidding thing is funny but no I think it, it was really cool it's cool that they you know brought it in and and did those demos uh because it brought it a different perspective uh to the world cup so i really really liked it well stacy again thank you so much for coming on sharing your experience and and your knowledge on on na- natural horsemanship and you know bringing in in the western disciplines you it's pretty awesome to get that perspective as well and how would our listeners find you online if they have any more questions either on
5: westfallhorsemanship.com or you can find me on facebook stacy westfall
0: This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle
7: Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. Totalsaddlefit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girths recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At
0: totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, Phil, as always, we would love our emails and Facebook shout outs. And um, thanks for Ruth for coming to uh, our listener meetup, but also having a great question that uh, Stacey was able to answer. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, DressageRadio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is MapleCrestFarmKY.com and my email is Reese at Horseradionetwork.com.
1: The best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at Horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Video Network at network.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.